0: here we go hey everybody welcome back to another episode of off centered outdoors i'm matt
1: Dockstader here again with my partner in crime my no shoes wearing animal stuff and midget moron from Ohio. chuck testa the one and only and we have uh as promised we have a company today yep. famous guy <laughs> jeff jeff yeah <laughs> no well he's famous He's infamous infamous but no we have a uh no, we have a really good friend of ours um rick crane here out from new hampshire with his wife kathleen and um we call him the uh new hampshire flash <laughs> i don't know for those of you who don't know rick crane he has angler artistry he's got a world titles i don't know how many
2: well oh, uh we, we we judge a lot of shows and teach a lot of people how to become national and world champions and right um yeah we just buzz around the country and do a bunch of work and we have a school and we even talk to jeff once in a while
1: <laughs> yeah my apologies <laughs> so um anyway you're out here for another mad dash and yes. uh then you got sucked into jeff's world right
2: like the vortex mm-hmm.
1: yeah it is it's bad huh it's
2: scary if you if you don't have your shots so. yeah
3: yeah absolutely that's it you well, <clears throat> know he puts a muzzle on me every now and then it shuts me up that's
1: <laughs> yeah, just so good to see you Yeah,
2: it's you know to we're see you. we're, good. we're good uh, to be back. excited right.
1: to have you back and uh, we're going down to the my old burger joint you know where i got the nickname the five dollar hamburger flipper I cut that out of my intro to shorten it up yeah but uh we're gonna have some lunch and uh we're gonna screw around and
2: they're gonna take your life. taxidermy title away i mean I, last time i was here you had a bunch of work and now you don't have a bunch of work you, you mean you actually do taxidermy and, and turn around and give it to the customers sadly allegedly wow allegedly. We,
1: we we were so see they think we're probably lying we got so good we had to go like hang a shingle we were walking the streets of ventura you know yeah, I had we'll sandwich work board. for food you know and, <laughs> and uh in fact one of my customers you know how small world it is so one of my this guy we just did this buffalo for um ran into another one on my clock i don't know they were just bullshitting out of nowhere and then he goes you hunt yeah i hunt blah 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 oh who's you know and then he goes yeah i just had a buffalo oh by chuck he goes yeah i just picked it up he goes well when did you bring it in like in mark what you know (laughs) i go well sorry to disappoint him you know but uh yeah we actually run about seven months turnaround pretty yeah pretty what i
2: call organized chaos i mean it's a functional working shop and You know, I I don't know what the deal is with a lot of the shops that I visit around the country. It's like when I'm judging shows, I can go to a shop from one year to the next. And a lot of times uh, the folks that run the shop have the same pieces on the wall.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: You
2: know, they're not turning them out. But every time I come here, it's full, then it's empty, then it's full, then it's empty. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We're getting ready to start what we call another run, a couple yep. of runs. We just got... As uh, soon as the big brown truck shows up. Yep. <laughs> Matt uh, trudged up to the tannery last week, yep. I think it was, and picked up our capes, and that's, you know, all the way back from October and September, yeah. <laughs> way,
2: way back then. Way back when. How oh, is oh that affecting God. the business today? How does that affect your world and taxidermy with uh, post-COVID uh, hysteria? and with the tanneries being so uh backed up and far behind because we've lost a few tanneries haven't we yeah a couple yeah a couple, of yeah. Big ones.
1: Yeah. A couple of, but uh our tanneries thank god i don't know we claim it's because we pay them the day they call us yeah. that we're like <laughs> you their,
0: pay the tannery imagine yeah. that what, a Absolutely. a novel
1: idea absolutely we wow. pay before we even see it yeah that, that's how yeah. bad but we that. are because wow. uh, we got like you said we not only organized but we got where we spend our deposits uh what they're for we say you know
2: you have a business system for taxidermy yes that? i do imagine wow. okay. i have
1: a business system rick
2: wow it's yeah.
1: probably the similar to yours that you talk about every time could could you share that with us <laughs> well we today? will but let's first okay. talk a little right. bit about your first question oh yeah so covid and <laughs> COVID. uh but worse than no covid guys were hunting oh, yeah, and money got... was a little bit of a Uh, funny money was going around Mm -hmm. now it's all catching up with everybody we've had to raise our prices pretty as you do as we do you know pretty good and it's shocking a lot of the, the clients you know and for some reason again like we've talked about it probably every time they they don't value our i don't know why taxidermy is not valued the same as like you go to an auto mechanic and their shop time is 125 an hour you go to a lawyer and it's 400 an hour you mm-hmm. know and people
3: it, don't even question that mm-hmm. no, but if you
2: want to get your lawn mowed it's 100 yeah. bucks an hour uh-huh. really yeah
1: oh well done uh, we, see you got a backup plan at least next time you come i'll have a uh a, a 84 toyota pickup <laughs> with <laughs> trash barrels and Breaks and shit. Yeah, uh, you back. Gonna put me to work. Yeah. No, so no, that, that part's, you know.
2: Well, I was talking scary. to one of the tannery owners uh, that's from the Midwest, and, you know, he said, hey, Rick, you know, here's the thing, right? We'll hire 50 people, we'll train them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: In six months, you're left with four. And mm-hmm. out of the four, you may be left up with one or two.
1: If you're, w- if, yeah, if you're lucky. If any, I would and say. And the
2: reality is, is that I guess you can go work at the car wash today for 18 bucks an hour. Or you could put some bulwark in and and do some tanning work, and I I think I think folks are not looking for careers anymore, but the path of least resistance. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's what we're saying. Yeah, and um, um, out here, the minimum wage is going to be twenty five bucks an hour for uh, yeah McDonald's and Mm -hmm. everything. Yeah, twenty five bucks an hour, so you can walk in off the street, like Jeff, with no skills, no experience, <laughs> wow. no brain, no nothing,
2: and, uh, <laughs> and 25 bucks to start. Can you freaking believe it? I mean, I'm no economist, but you know, looking back at the history of this country, you've had two times that you can really go up in your prices. And once was between seventy-seven and seventy-nine. Right? You know, mm-hmm. gas lines and food lines yeah. and, and everything else. That was the big economic pop, right? Yeah. And then and these, have... these guys don't remember the gas, Yeah, obviously. but we yeah, do. do. We do. We're oh, yeah. I do.
3: Oh, okay. Odd and even days. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. I remember yeah. waiting two hours for gas one time with mm-hmm. my mom. And, and, but then
2: you look at the way that they're driving inflation with the economy, uh, labor, parts, material. We as taxidermists. People aren't doing the algorithms. They're not doing the business mm-hmm. models to look at what their projected costs are going to be. Because yeah. let's face it, there's shops that take in work. They're not going to turn it out for two years or, or longer in mm-hmm. some cases. Mm-hmm. Some of them could be out of business and they don't even know it yet. No, yeah. no. I'd, I'd say most,
0: you know. Yeah, absolutely. Mo- most you know, people just, they're stuck in their ways. And it, it doesn't help anything this is an afterthought business. I mean, it's not... How, how how many of your customers go out, go, I'm going to go catch a fish and take it to Rick, and you know 90% of
2: those guys, look what I did, you know? Sure. You know, it's always been a thing, though, with folks in our industry. It, it's like taxidermists at some level are collectors, mm-hmm. and it's almost like they want to collect customers, and, <laughs> and I want to have the most work, I want to have the most amount of stuff, but You know, your freezer being a frozen bank account doesn't make you any money. There's Mm -hmm. no interest in there. As a matter of fact, you're losing money in that Mm -hmm. freezer. Mm -hmm. And I think what's always been, I don't know, interesting to me is that rather than charging more money with fixed costs and making more money they charge you know the middle of the road price hoping that they they get as many customers as they can but not looking at the fact that they're going to overwhelm themselves with work mm-hmm. they'll burn out mm-hmm. and they won't be able to do their work so i i i mean look we're all part of the the family and the brother in and yep. the sister in and whatever the politically uh, well, correct <laughs> term is these well, days uh, not up on that yet but the tribe. Uh, well my, my pronouns are brilliant and handsome <laughs> That, that's my pronouns my pronouns is i know chuck
3: <laughs> people Uh-oh. ask i just i know chuck that's all sorry well my pronouns still an amateur so i don't have no <laughs> comment at all don't even ask me what your pronouns are oh uh, you've got a long list of them i'm Dumb dumber comes no i'm sorry you Chum just endless
2: supply i don't want to we're gonna segue so let's let rick sure. finish well, just looking at the fact that you're in you're in California here, and not just in California, but you're in the Ojai Valley. Yep. And you have all sorts of different cultural experiences here. We were driving around coming here, and you're looking at artsy things and nice things and stuff like that, and all sorts of different walks of life here. So, you know, as somebody that teaches this to people... I try to explain to them that sometimes geography does play a part in, uh-huh. in what oh, you're yeah. going to do. But your model just again going back to the work coming in, the work coming out. So obviously you're doing your work. Mm-hmm. So it's not you know the customer that's holding you up because you're turning your work around. So what do you say to somebody like one of my students that wants to get into this business, you know, if if they came here and understood where you are and you're still doing the business that you're doing what's the secret to that it's not a secret it's a foundation Mm -hmm. a solid foundation
1: and then a system yeah systems but first you need a without a foundation you know you're spinning your i mean like like we talk about it in private and sure without a foundation um they will never get to the steps one through 25 on a deer you know what i mean right and um and that's the most you know you can't see that's not glamorous and that's not sexy as you would say and sure. that's not sure. that's not you know the glory of Oh, God. normally there's... Like, if you look <laughs> back at the last few months of podcasts... Chuck, three shame, big on, elk, shame
2: on you for doing so much work in here. I mean, really I mean no, but there was a right bunch now. of elk heads the sure. other
1: day, and then there was sheep heads, and then there was mm. whatever, and now there's rocks. But Sure. But the other podcast, two, three days ago, those rocks weren't
2: rocks. They were uh, pieces of wood. Yep. You wow. Know? I thought about when I was coming out here, you know, something unique or interesting that we can talk about. It. And I started thinking about a, a, a different version of the elephant in the room. Uh-huh. And it's something that taxidermists don't talk about like hardly ever. Uh-huh. We all get the customer that brings you the work and they're all excited and they give you the deposit. And then it comes to be the time where you call them and say, hey, look, I'm 30 days out on your piece. We're going to have it done. We're meeting the time that we've you know, committed agreed to, that yeah. we've committed to. And then they turn around and say, well, right now, Uh or I don't have the money, or it's Christmas. And not that it's not Christmas for you, right? It's always Christmas. Yeah. You know, July, it's Christmas. It's always tax time. So the the elephant in the room is, is that how do you educate that customer into being a good customer for you? Where your customers, because I've been here when you've had customers come in here, they take out their check, or they pay you the money, they pay mm-hmm. you the cash. It, it almost seems like you've educated them into how the process of your business works. So when you get a customer that comes in and it's not understanding how business is done, mm-hmm. what do you do with that? I fire them. No. That's they, not uh, a joke. Or they, they no, end up I, I my know shot.
0: it's not a joke. Mm-hmm.
1: I fired what? customers. I said, or they end up at my yeah. shop. Or they end up in the <laughs> house. <shot." laughs> no no we just had one the other day we went through this where a guy said what makes you think I would pay X amount for X after the work is done after the work is done oh. yeah. and wow. I told a guy to whole spiel twice and uh, and like people, people a lot of times they don't listen they're just yeah. I guess here's my
0: don't. thing I don't, want to, I don't want to deal with it anymore give sure. me it back when it's done and they don't they don't ask the important questions, and sometimes we don't remember to tell the important answers when they're not being asked. Yeah, but, but this
1: was a client. 20 that was a long
0: time. Yeah, that's one of the one of the issues you run into when you do good guy deals here. Yeah, and there. sure. Yeah, it, what, what, eventually the good guy deal dries up. So you they gotta, test the water to see how deep that well is. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, right. and
1: then and, and, and a lot of my customers have never, and Matts have never gone to other shops. Sure, and they are don't even know that they're spoiled yeah you get what i mean like they don't they think that this is and then one of a couple of them now that uh um especially on the euros i said well dude we've been taking care of you guys yeah sure you know that that was like a a sir a, a, or like the flat tan on the back hide we don't mark it up what we should because we're doing their head sure you know because we just throw it in the box blah 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 and it's a you know mm-hmm. and now they're starting to understand that yeah. yeah like you said it dries up like matt said mm-hmm. and and then and then sometimes they they disrespect me so much that i just fire them no, you wh- know? whether they mean to or not I they mean, don't mm-hmm. and that's what's the interesting thing because mm-hmm. i talked to Frager about this quite a bit mm-hmm. like when these people say a lot of the stuff we hear do they mm-hmm. realize like they're really insulting, mean, you know, and he says, no, they don't think, you know, they don't, they don't know what, it's like Jesus said, forgive them because they don't know Right. Well, what the hell they're doing, yeah. you know.
2: But we're kind of like the the last stop on the train station, you know, uh-huh. we're the last station on the, on the railway and, you know, you'll, you'll research your guide and you'll research your outfitter and you'll research your gun and you'll research your ammo and you'll research whatever that goes along with the experience mm-hmm. of what you're trying to Hunt for or fish for, or whatever. And then when it comes to your taxidermist, they'll try to save $20. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah. Know, crazy. It, it doesn't make any sense. Crazy.
1: That's why a couple of the, even the, a couple of the famous hunters aren't in here anymore because they can talk some poor schlup into having to honor a mountain or. Yeah. Their number, whatever sheep it was. I, and
2: uh, I i don't know, you know what he'll think about this, but Dwayne Dewey was just up, and Dwayne is just considered in the industry one of the best taxidermists, period. Yeah, know, sheep guy, though. Yeah. I know Dwayne. He's a, yeah, good, he's a good, good guy. Great guy. Great guy. And we were up uh, in the mountains. We were just having taxidermy conversations, as we would call the private conversations. Yeah. And he said, You ever have anybody bring in, you know, like a, a record piece or a world record piece? And he says, do they ever just expect you to do it for free? So we had that conversation, you know? <laughs> the honor. This will make you famous, right? No, you God. get what any more famous right? famous, right? Yeah. If you get any or more infamous. famous, right, you couldn't... Whatever.
1: Uh, don't you way. know who I think I am? Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't you sure. know? I'm a legend in my mind. Fig, that's where the term fig jam came from uh-huh, in Australia. Fuck, I'm great, just ask me. Fig jam. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. Now we've blown the secret out when we call guys fig jams. And now we're in trouble. Oh, that that, that'll, guy's that'll be jam. the new code word. Fig uh, jam. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it's been my, Matt and I and Rudy's for and just for quite a while. Uh-huh. But but
2: doesn't that speak to the whole narcissistic eagle part sometimes of the sportsman? Mm-hmm. I mean, we have it too. You know, we're we're playing with dead animals. We take God's creation and we try to replicate and do the best we can. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, I've thought about this long and hard after 40 years. Why do we actually put taxidermy in our house? Why do we actually put it there? Cuz we love nature so much. Yeah. We, we love the the whole memory of the experience of being outside. Exactly. And, but yet you you go to somebody who hangs a shingle on their door, who has a phone number, they're they're listed in Google. Yeah. And yet somebody thinks that you are not as business like or professional as anybody else Mm -hmm. and it's just something that we have to collectively as an industry try to overcome but how do you overcome something in an industry that has no standard
1: yeah that's that's really sad and then a couple other things too i just had a point some of my people they go somewhere else because then you're not the new hot setup yeah Yeah. you're not the guy you're not Mm -hmm. the you know whatever and then usually, what happens is those guys that come back are some of my educated guys too, sure you know and they and they and they really appreciate you more absolutely and now we've built up, and Matt's really starting like he's where I was you know when I was forty, sure. sure, and he's starting to pile up a bunch of guys that appreciate and want his work, yeah, and then that helps you get enough self esteem right to to not have to put up with it, but then what a lot of happens is you need the money because you didn't have a solid business foundation. Mm-hmm. where you have to pay your mortgage, so you eat crap, tons of. Right. Like like on uh, thin red lines, they eat buckets of shit. To yeah. you have no idea, right? Sure. And and uh, you
2: can burn it too to stay warm. Absolutely. Yeah, for that too. But right. should why didn't you do that at the trailer?
3: <laughs> well, All I, I, he would have to I, do is call me.
2: I think I think Kathy was considering burning me but uh, <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs>
1: so but fun. anyway no so we say it all the time now here's a good, another good example too which is hard for them to get around is like we buy in bulk because you were talking about so a case of for example that stuff I use for the rocks it mm-hmm. doesn't eat it doesn't right eat, it doesn't and um um so we had to go through a transition when I wasn't doing good business and just sweat it out till I turned it around. Sure. Yeah. And now we buy bulk everything, you know. Sure. And uh a lot of ways we got through the uh the bad time in COVID is we ordered a head, mannequins, eyes eyes, eyes was oh, the big one. Eyes, yeah, yeah. And, and a bunch of stuff, you know, and uh we didn't really want to tell anyone. Or, well, we could tell because they weren't going to do it anyway. No. But, well, but. you can't when you don't have any money. You already spent the deposit. So how are you going to buy supplies? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason. We never slowed down during the uh, COVID. Mm-hmm. In fact, we went up and got... Because you were able to work. Yeah, right. Exactly. We were able to work. Right. And then uh, we went and got a, bailed another guy out, and then you mm-hmm. bailed another guy out. Yep. And, uh, you know, caught a couple of other guys up and now we're still you know we might have time still this year to go work for some other guy who's three years behind
2: Mm -hmm. and that's something
1: but well let's talk about remember what you were saying on the phone about the uh like how many firemen do you know that
2: committed suicide or yeah that's that dirty little part of our industry that if you're in it long enough it comes up in conversation at shows or if you if you get together with you know, taxidermists that you've known for a long time. And, you know, I can't remember the first year that the conversation came up with me and, and there was a taxidermist, he was a bird taxidermist from Maine named Mike Cusack. And he used to have an ad in, in Joe Kish's taxidermy review. And uh-huh. he was a pretty good taxidermist. And he was the first taxidermist that I knew that actually took his life. Uh-huh. And then after that, you start talking to other people and they knew people. And then over the years, you start knowing more people, and not that it's any number that you want to capture or any number that you want to even store in your head, because it's such a sad thing and it's such a tragedy, but I know 11 people, or I knew 11 people, I should say, wow. that, that have done that. And um, Richard Cristoforo, he's a gentleman that got me into taxidermy when I was 15 years old, and, and Richard knows, like, 15 Mm-hmm. Wow. that's a big number if you yeah, think absolutely. about it you know yeah. it's just a big big number you know I think for a lot of people and and this is I'm going to quote Richard because mm-hmm. it's not my quote it's his quote but he said there's only two ways out of this business you unplug the freezer okay, and you take off and change your name and move to another town like you're in the <laughs> witness protection program mm-hmm. which a lot of them actually do yeah. oh, oh for a fact oh for a fact for a fact you know, but some people, they end up throwing a rope over the rafter, you know. And and what they don't realize is there's an answer to the solution. You know, there's mm-hmm. an answer to the question. It's communication. You're going to mm-hmm. call your customer say, here's where I'm at. This is what's going on. You know, we, we've we hit this. Um, you can take me to court or you can do this or whatever. But there, there has to be a conversation involved.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's make this transparent so we, we understand where each other stands.
1: Yeah. And our exposure was we were delivering a crocodile rug and the guy says this taxidermy must be the most stressful yeah. he says is it stressful <laughs> and I says well why he says well my first two taxidermists killed themselves Wow. and then my third one what had a heart attack or something yeah and he goes I'm questioning the way you're right you know
2: <laughs> uh, well you know it's it's kind of an unspoken thing in our industry and i i think it starts with the period of time perhaps when you start or how you get into it oh, look look i've been judging since 89 and at the nationals this year i announced that i'm going to retire from judging after all these years of doing really yeah really? yeah i've you know i've had some I'm, look i'm i'm old now right uh-huh. so i've had some health things i've looked at what i'm doing what i'm not doing mm-hmm. but uh for the folks that get into it today, they, they go to the competitions, and, and they're a great thing. You know, you meet people, you make friends for life, you go to seminars, and you learn things. But I think the overall opinion has always been that taxidermy shows are for you to share information and to gather information so you can go back and make money. Uh-huh. But a lot of people look at it as a sporting event. They've won something. They're uh-huh. going to win something, yeah. you know? I mean, all the years that I competed, I never talk about what I win or what I've won or what I've done. I'm terribly, terribly proud of, of my students that have gone on to win a bunch yeah, of stuff. Yeah, well, I know
1: that feeling. That's, I that's great. You know I mean, it's yeah. a
2: wonderful feeling because you're handing down that, that legacy piece. But mm-hmm. I think when people get into this, they think it's all about quality. But the reality is when you have an industry that has no standard, what does quality mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See the secret that you and I and and we all know in this room, if you've been doing it for any period of time, and and this is a terrible, terrible, terrible thing to say, especially if you have a customer in the room. A customer wouldn't know quality if it bit him in the ass. Hundred percent. They wouldn't know. They only know what you teach them. Mm-hmm. That's all they know. And and if you. Do you work in a timely fashion, then you've taught them that you're a serious business person and you honor your commitments. If you point out the little extra things that you've done or your creativity or how you came up with the design, they take that information and they look at perhaps work that they have or mm-hmm. they go to a, you know, a buddy's house or a party or something like that and they go, well, your person isn't doing this your tax nerve is what why yeah you know and, and that's the that's the issue but it, again it goes back to that subject that we were talking about and you can just ravel it all into place mm-hmm. when a person starts in this industry you get rid of all your hunting and fishing magazines or whatever it is that people <laughs> do you lose your friends you lose your relatives cuz they want everything for free oh, yeah. you know you need the practice Absolutely. right yeah, yeah sure and and then eventually somebody says well you're new so you shouldn't charge what somebody else is charging. But don't we all pay the same price for the same materials? Exactly. Right? And, and again, at the end of the day, if, if you took somebody that was in the pest control business or somebody that was in the lawn care business, mm-hmm. and they were a serial entrepreneur, and they just wanted to start a new business, and they got into taxonomy... You think they charge less? No, they would use a business model to market. They would use a business model to assure new customers and, and new rollover stuff. It's it's quite an interesting industry, but I think in the end, that's why a lot of people take that one big heavy step that they shouldn't, is that they don't see a way out. They don't see mm-hmm. that they missed the point because no one ever talked to them about the business part of mm-hmm. them. Yeah. You know then you're trapped, right? You're you're stuck in that box but
1: Yeah, and then um, for earlier this week we were working around here and uh Dave, one of my guys oh he was here last time. Yeah, yeah for so indiana So we opened his yeah. school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he had a student there and he wanted to enter you know, it's part of the sales pitch, I don't know what it is. <laughs> right. But they call him you know. You two will
2: be an award winning <laughs> tax. <editor>. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh so they they're they called me up and i'm talking to the guy and he goes wow there's way more to this and then somehow came around he asked me what do we charge hmm. and I said uh it's 1100 bucks and he's like i'm like well what do you he goes well 500 to 700 and i'm like okay so at 500 you're paying 250 out of your own pocket mm-hmm. to break you know what i mean sure and labor's at, not free at 700 you're all you're 50 bucks in the hole but there's no money I mean you haven't right. made anything yeah right. you're paying them to the mount yep. their stuff sure and he just says, well they won't pay it then I go well maybe
2: you shouldn't do it. you know oh, what I, mean? I can't get that in my area yeah
3: oh yeah yeah remember what I told you when you told me okay first session or first workshop I did with him we're on our way to the airport and he goes okay don't forget to hit the ground running. Make sure you're consistent in it. But the main thing is, is go home and charge sixty an inch. I go, dude, I'm I'm charging nineteen an inch. I'll never <laughs> try to sure say here.
2: sixty, but yeah, yeah, but but it was a good number. I'm sure. You know, more than what I was. Even there's a thinking pushback you could. point at, at at every point in every business, whatever yeah. it may be. But the reality is, is that a person who's a professional in whatever business they're in, if you own a mechanic shop or you own a restaurant. You're not going to give your hamburgers away. You're not going to give the tires away. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to give the soft drinks away. You can have specials from time to time, Mm -hmm. you know, buy one, get one free, or everybody gets a free drink before noontime on Tuesday (laughs) or whatever the deal is. But the reality comes down to the simple fact that Walmart doesn't charge any less in my town for a 55 inch TV than they do in your town. Yeah.
1: Yeah yeah okay. well and then it, they, all the supplies are the same yeah right and and most of them are ordering from the brand so they're paying premium sure premium sure you know
3: and then they're not ordering enough they're only ordering a small yeah. amount of what ordering they need and then they complain about the shipping mm-hmm. yeah sure. you know
1: yeah because uh i we order however many well we don't even have to yeah. wait. Well, we or our orders are the boxes are full anyway. No,
0: no, t- typically we I don't buy deer mannequins from them, but I did. I had to buy a couple the other day and they just came in and for two deer mannequins it was almost $200 in shipping. Wow. Yeah. And we get three giant big boxes from research full of stuff for just over two hundred dollars sure. Yeah. So, yeah. sure so I, mean, I don't know
1: what their deal is so, but so their
0: geography their plays a game in it somewhat yeah for sure but I mean people are saying the same thing everywhere
2: throughout the country on shipping prices and shipping is shipping it's and, always going to be stupid is, but as bitter as that may be and as stinging you know of a sensation that they get that sticker shock when you get your shipping bill yeah a business person is going to pass it on to their customer. Well, that's it. I,
1: they don't even count the shipping, Rick. No, they they, 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 they get know, a price they out say, of the
0: catalog. I mean, okay, it's going to be seventy dollars for a mannequin. Let's <laughs> well
2: seventy plus yeah.
1: <laughs> right the plus shipping plus hundred you know. bucks for shipping. Yeah, for sure. It's more than the shipping is more than a mannequin from some places.
2: Oh yeah, it, you know but, it's. It, I was at a couple shows this year, and and I was talking to a good friend of mine, and. He works for one of the big, 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 big supply companies, and he's a former world champion. Well, I guess you're always a world champion white tail guy if you're a white tail guy, but um, <laughs> he he explained to me that when there was this big eye shortage, and I guess there's still somewhat of an well, eye it's shortage. Oh, terrible. Yeah, it's yeah. just really. That they every time somebody called, they let them know, Mm -hmm. you know, buy a little extra, not that we're trying to upsell you, but buy a little extra because we are running out right now. We're not making more of them right now, we're running out. So he had a bunch of eyes on a table uh, of one of the shows and I was sitting with him in his booth for a few minutes. People kept coming over and picking up the eyes and they'd put them back down and I'd say, well, what's, what's the deal if there's a shortage, how come they're not buying everything? because they're either not the competition eye that they're looking for yeah or they don't have the money mm-hmm. to buy them uh-huh. so how crazy is that you can't even afford to be in business sometimes yeah no I and mean, we buy
1: card sheets of ice you know yeah, and sure. then and then mark you know here again this is another thing so with research which we're pretty you know of course and we don't get paid by researchers <laughs> <nothing, like> <laughs> i wish stupid rumors are but um but they're only up in Oregon, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's pretty. Well, close. no, they have one in uh, Illinois.
0: Yeah. Too. Oh, okay. And yeah. okay. South Carolina. Most of the most know. of their oh, okay. whitetail stuff comes okay. out of Illinois. Yeah. So they
2: have satellite places yeah, as yeah. well and, now. Uh, okay. That's well, um, good business.
1: But so I mean, we always order, and then now all of a sudden the eye shortage. So guys that don't order, they're calling up wanting fifty pairs of eyes, or you know, and all this stuff. And then Mark's saying, "Listen, I'll give you five or whatever, ten sometimes." but no I said we got guys that buy all the time We you never even bought one mannequin from us and not that we don't you know not that we can pick a cheap, but you know no sure. we got guys call up and order like us mm-hmm. order five cards of eyes and 20 so you're anticipating
2: your workload you're anticipating yeah what's going to happen well if you know your average you do a hundred deer heads why aren't you buying a hundred pairs of eyes well and you here, know that's such a great point because there's this whole term in business called projection mm-hmm. right projection of cost and if you're not looking at the fact that you're going to have deer to mount two years from now and just the way that the economy is going, the price of everything, mm-hmm. shipping, whatever it is, it keeps ticking up, ticking up, ticking up. And, you know, Kathy, she she takes care of all the, the number crunching yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. And we work with our bookkeepers and CPAs. And if you're not looking down the road, you, you, you could buy a, a mannequin today at X dollars and in two years from now, if it's up 30%, where do you make that money? Because you can't go back to your customer and say, hey, uh, you know, I got charged more money, so I don't have to charge you more money. Yeah. No, you, you have to, especially right now in this just terrible, I, I know it's not terrible. Somebody said the other night on the news, the economy's great. Okay. And, and they put the crack pipe down and stepped away from the t- television. Oh, camera. i going to are they from Maine? the moose No, they were from California, actually. No. So. <laughs> you know, don't so, so, yeah. no. Please don't start me. I was putting the start button, but uh, no, we're there's good. There's a mental illness going on here. But the reality that, but. is, is that if you're not trying to project right now in a volatile economy, mm-hmm. you, you could hurt yourself big time oh, down right the road. Sure. Yeah. So. No, and then we, we had to race twice,
1: you know, like a year or something period, mm-hmm. quite significantly. So we we got our eyes and we got our this and we got you know half dozen kits of pop, everything with that we could get case of bond you know and then people ran out of bondo and we saw a oh, bondo yeah, because sure. yeah we buy it in a case and blah 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 and uh so the guy I get it from as long as i buy it in the case i can get it in the case and yeah. then i get a, a little bit better price because sure. he's nice to me but you know <laughs> and
2: you're gonna use it oh Absolutely. yeah yeah, yeah. and a it doesn't item. eat and right. it
1: doesn't it doesn't you know, inconvenience me, sure, and uh, I don't have to talk to it or nothing, and and you know, doesn't mean we don't, but
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, so especially if you use enough of it that day. <laughs> yeah. right?
1: Well, but the point is, is that we we did so that we wouldn't, because we know we're still gonna have, yeah. the you know what I mean that everything's still gonna go, and we didn't want to have, we can't raise our price like
2: every six months. or sure. I mean you should, but you can't, and uh, but if you did, it would be almost like you're not paying attention to your business or your industry you're yeah. not paying attention to projection and and that's the thing if you come at the beginning of the year whenever your fiscal year is or whenever you start setting your prices and you say listen i don't want to have three price increases in a year so we have to do this now mm-hmm. we have to make the price increase now in projection for what it's going to be yeah that's what we you know we
1: we didn't use that fancy word because uh You know, I was most likely to end up in prison, class of 74. Uh And I don't know what Matt's (laughs) deal was at his high school. Yeah, um, I don't either, don't worry. Yeah, no, he doesn't either. (laughs) So whatever you want to call it, you know, call it whatever you want. But we have to uh, start thinking of, and sometimes poor Matty just like, uh, you know, here we go again, chucked in the, whatever, you know. I, I get stuck on the, I go off the, rail sometimes on the what's going on in the mm-hmm. you know yeah because people don't want to pay attention and they don't want to know but i always feel like absolutely
2: I, it's always better to know what's coming that's all i'm well, saying it, you know well, preparation right you know i mean even the motto of the boy scouts is or be prepared right you got to get out there and, and prepare for things and you talk so, about systems and when when i'm teaching and we have students there i always try to tell them that preparation process and procedure Mm -hmm. you can have the best plan in the world but as Dwight Eisenhower said if you don't execute it then it's just a great plan on paper I mean that's all it is Mm -hmm. so when you execute the plan like anything else you're gonna find what really works and what can be improved and then you just keep fine-tuning it until you have a roaring system down where Mm -hmm. it's it's just good to go
0: yeah
1: and and I think sadly part of the comp like you were saying about the competitions These guys are always chasing you know, because they don't have a foundation or a system, Mm -hmm. and they're chasing, chasing whatever the, you know what I mean, and they're and and then they don't have a, because they don't have a a system foundation too, they jump around on their manic, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean, and they use. Six different, not. I mean, sometimes we have to use what we have to use, yeah, depending sure. on what we're doing. Sure, but we also have our ways. We swap out a lot of heads, absolutely, and yeah, then we're yeah. just using the back part for a foundation, you know, sure, to build it on. Mm-hmm. But if you if you jump around on your mannequins, then your work isn't even consistent. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, yeah. It, it's it's
2: it's. Well, consistency, I think, at least in my experience, is far more important than the quality piece of it. You know, look, what we do is a visual thing. It hangs on the wall or on a table or on a floor, wherever it is. Mm -hmm. And people are going to look at it. And what are they looking for? Whatever their experience is. So if if little Johnny or or Mary goes catch a crappie or something when they're four years old, they're going to see something. Right. But if you take a guide that's been guiding for 40 years, they may see something different. Mm -hmm. So you have to put that fish together for both of them. Yeah. Right. That's what you have to do. Then then you win. Right. That's the consistency piece of it. Everybody has little signatures to their work. But if you're capturing the signatures of nature and, and you're trying to do that, then it enhances the whole visual piece of it. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, and this is controversial, and, and I know people don't like it when I talk about it, but you have this scenario where people... For six months or four months or a year, or whatever it is they they try to do one really great piece, really great piece, and yet that's not what they're doing for their customers, yeah, so how do you practice bad habits just to do one good piece once in a while that, mm. doesn't, that doesn't make any sense Ooh. to me whatsoever and I wish in a way, and this is the the terrible, controversial part of it, I wish the judges like myself. Didn't have to get on top of it. Didn't have to touch it. Didn't have to look at it. But we actually stand back about five feet, mm-hmm. and we kind of look at it and go, "Heck, I'd put that in my house." You yeah, know, that's a nice looking. Well, it used represents to be, it. Remember what Joe? I mean, the yeah. masters you had to get invited to be in.
1: Sure. At one time. Yeah. At one time. Yep. Yeah. And man, um, yeah. well, I mean, or you'd send a picture of the mount already done. Sure. And they'd say it's going in or it isn't going in. Sure. And you had to make your own man. I mean, you had to do. You had to prove you were a master now it's three
2: ribbons and 25 points and or whatever it is It's not even that anymore i mean it's just uh i won something once and now i'm here Mm -hmm. and as a judge i can say this i mean there's shows that i go to now that are people that are in quote unquote the master's division that are making what i call professional or even in some cases amateur mistakes you know, my my little rhythm to it all is is if you're an amateur, I'm only gonna point out three things to you. That's it. Just mm-hmm. three things. Uh-huh. Foundation, foundation, foundation stuff, right? In the professional division, you're demonstrating your skills. You're showing me I can set an eye. You're showing me that you're not putting fingerprints in your epoxy work or whatever, just basic stuff. Dragging your beard through your paint. Dragging the beard <laughs> through the
3: paint. Well, having having yes. dog hair stick to your paint yes. job. And all. Yes, all,
2: yeah. all the above. Yep. But in the master's division, it's my reasonable I mean, expectation that you've achieved your foundation. Yeah. Right. Okay. And now you're demonstrating your deep knowledge of that particular thing that you like to do,
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
2: and it's not any. Hard, you know, it's funny. People think that the masters division is a harder division to be in or a harder division to judge. No, actually, it's easier, because there, there's not a lot of simple or bush league mistakes. They they should be pretty pretty straightforward and
3: very consistent.
2: As a judge, you don't have to beat somebody up and send the wrong message you, you can reward somebody for doing a great job you yeah. know there's nothing wrong with that but i think sometimes a lot of the folks today uh that get into it no one has explained that to them anymore because there's no mentorship mm-hmm. there's no apprenticeship and you know when i had to do it you had to do your the, the apprentice part you had to do two shows with two different judges so four shows and then they had to watch you Okay, to make sure that you could do it, and then they wrote a letter saying, "Well, you know, he's he's ready. He's not ready, or whatever the deal is." And then it was uh, still like a hazing almost. It was for about two or three years. I hope I hope you're being consistent. I hope you're doing a good job. It's almost like they had to reiterate that you haven't arrived yet. You've Mm -hmm. just started. Mm -hmm. Okay, so take it easy.
1: Yeah. Now and then it'll be controversial, but guy win a title. No offense, a world title. Oh, yeah. Then they'll ask him to judge, and he comes off off that high, and he's just
2: pounding the people in the, open, uh-huh. you know what I mm-hmm. mean, because there's no, no one. Or, or the other thing happens, they'll call you on the phone because they know you, and they'll say, hey, I don't, I've never seen this before, or I'm not exactly sure what I'm supposed to write here. And as a joke, I may say, well, didn't you just win a world title? Uh-huh. You know, But I know where they are uh-huh. because there's some part of the industry that thinks that because you've won that, you're supposed to know everything. Yeah. We're always learning. We're like a work in progress all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but those guys have made it into the Masters with no
1: foundation. You know what I mean? Sure. That, for example, Matt has solid, solid foundation and a system. And now if he wants to go and... Uh, do something and then tweak the little things you need to do to play the game. Sure, mm-hmm. but all we give them the same job that we would just go hang on the on the wall yeah, in the professional. Right. Exactly. Division. Absolutely.
3: And I think the, that kind of goes back to what you told me when when you took me to my first competition. This originally was you take a, a commercial piece off your wall and you went and competed and showed your skills,
1: and then sure. the judge would hopefully. Um, Point out a few things, and you start from there. You know what I mean. And now it's got all, and then this art part too. That makes me want to put my head through the wall because <laughs> you said it best: nature outside. where the art is
2: re, re, re the nature mm-hmm. to yeah. where it well, looks. Art, art is in the lines. It's mm-hmm. in the movement. It's in the lines. Yeah. Um, you know, if you squint your eyes and you and you look at a black and white picture of a largemouth bass and then you look at a black and white picture of a smallmouth, even though there's no color there and you're not really looking at it, you know which one's which. Because mm-hmm. the lines tell you yeah. what everything is. You know, Jeff, Jeff makes a good point with, you know, in the beginning when you're first starting, is people forget, I think, that have been doing this for a long time, that If well, I'll give you a better example of it and where I'm going with this. So people will say to me sometimes, "What's Chuck really like?" Because they know that I know you. Oh no way! And I go, (laughs) I says, you know, he's he's Chuck, right? He's a business guy. He does this. He does that. He does that. And well, is he really good at what he does? I said, listen. If you went to work with him for 2 weeks, you'd be so exhausted. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because his reasonable expectation is you're going to come in and work every day. Absolutely, mm-hmm. okay? And it's not going to be this, well, the mood doesn't strike me and the wind's blowing the wrong way and the, the you know, the, the trees aren't facing the right it, no, it's none of that stuff. It's here's your foundation, here's your fundamentals. You're you're either one of the players or one of the fans, mm-hmm. right? It, that's that's it. Mm-hmm. And you can always look at somebody's blue ribbons, and I, I know more world champions that have gone out of business quicker than than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they, at the end of the day, if you want to play in a sandbox, you you got to make enough money to stay in the sandbox, yeah. right? That's that's what it is. Exactly. Yeah,
1: and then because like because of whatever, and you know, people Matt's starting to really see this a little bit because I told him after a while he'll know two hundred more things every day that are roadblocks oh, yeah. oh, and this and that. And then pretty soon, how can you forget? Mm-hmm. I, I forget more than a lot of people, and they think mm-hmm. that's arrogant, but it's not. It's not. I, you it, know, I forget this, You have troubleshot
2: so much in your career. Mm-hmm. There's no way to instantly keep it at the forefront of your brain to recall it all instantly. However, if you came into my shop, even though you don't even know what I'm working on, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sitting there and I say... How would you do this? Something would come out of your mouth because mm-hmm. your experience is such that you troubleshot so many times in your lifetime, okay, mm-hmm. that your hands and your brain are already geared to troubleshoot it. That's what it's going to do, yeah. right? Yep. So, you know, Jeff's been on a tear lately. He's been mm-hmm. on a roll lately. And why is that, Jeff? And it's not because I put my foot in your ass, but... <laughs> I but, think it is. Uh, other than the fact that I did put my foot in your ass... You have done what? Why are you doing so much work right now?
3: Because I don't have distractions. I'm not stopping everything to go put out fires every day. What's the biggest
2: distraction in your life?
3: Me. Right. You know, so the discipline's everything. And and you know, on
2: top of the discipline, what is the one thing that you're doing now that's different?
3: Building a system. I'm Correct. staying in rhythm. Correct. I'm, I'm you know... I was I have to admit I was so embarrassed the first time you came out and you Mm -hmm. walked into my shop and you asked me did you not the word
2: shithole came out of my mouth yeah Yeah, did
3: you not know I was coming (laughs) why does this place look like a shithole well, you, you couldn't you, walk you, from one side to the other, and it's not because there was work there. Right. Yeah. It's because I'm like the Tasmanian devil, not doing anything. Look, because I'm, I'm not stressed. looking to
2: lick the floor and eat off the floor because uh-huh. every taxidermy shop is organized chaos. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. But if I walk into a taxidermy shop and I can't find a place for me to work, yeah. you're not working either. Okay?
1: Well,
0: and that's well.
2: how I look at it. But I was really surprised. Uh, Jeff took me out to his shop this morning, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. And I looked at a couple of birds. I said, When'd you do these? He said, Two weeks ago. When'd you do these? Last week, when'd you do these? So I counted them all up. There's 12 birds. In three weeks. Okay, in three weeks. He is starting the system. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. But how come you couldn't do 12 birds in three months prior to
3: that? Just no focus and dealing with all the crap and not sticking to my system and lack of discipline. So, a person has no business being
2: in this industry, taking people's deposit, creating the act of business mm-hmm. if you have no intention to execute your system.
3: Yeah. Okay. And I was, I was in survival mode, taking care of mom and all the other... Yeah, like, yeah like you well, told we all me, have stuff. Like you've told me, and like mm-hmm. you've told me, there's always going to be something. Oh, yeah. You can always it, find it's, it's a choice. You can always find a reason to not do something. Right. And that's what I was saying shit yesterday. You know, I look back at everything I've been through, and I realized that I was in survival mode and not focused at all but who's in survival
1: got mode every day every day well, I yeah, wake up unemployed I, and broke yep. and I have to <laughs> okay. figure out what am I going to do today
2: to, yeah, to, to to walk my way to a paycheck you know yeah. you know, this year I had some medical issues and I'd go to the shows because it was therapy to me mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know that was it I, I'd sit, South Carolina was so nice they put a table in front of me so I could judge and they'd bring the people over so I wow. could do the critique I mean it was wonderful and I know a few friends of mine said, Hey, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. I said, I'm not proving anything to anybody. I said, I'm doing this for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because one, I like the atmosphere. I like my <laughs> friends. I like visiting with people. But it, I can't idle. I can't sit on a couch and just sit there with a remote and watch TV yeah. all day. For 40 years of my life, I have been geared toward getting up every day and going out and doing work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Every, every, Plan that you have in your head to do it is only because you've done it, uh-huh. right? That's it. There's no, there's no getting around it. But yet, like I said earlier in the the beginning of the conversation, I'll, I'll go into to shops, you know, uh, that I visited two years ago, and I'm like, why is the same stuff on your all oh, well, This guy won't pick it up even if I finished it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, never going to
1: pick it up if it ain't finished, yeah, right?
2: It? I mean, well, I, mean well, I have that
1: stuff well, hanging well, here from. We all have laggers, yeah. you know? Oh yeah. oh, yeah, sure.
0: But like like Paul says, you just finish it and have a savings account on the yeah, wall. A right. Savings well, there, account there it on the
1: is. Wall. It's interest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what it is. And eventually, sometimes for me, this has always worked this weird way. Like I've been, again, like on a dry spell or whatever. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, some guy will show up mm-hmm. and pick up one of the ones.
3: You <laughs> know, like the cape buffalo that sat
1: here for twenty years,
3: right? <laughs> <laughs> or like, like the hogshead that you? I asked if I could hang it in my tattoo shop. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, cool. Dude showed up out of nowhere. What? Two years after I had it, mm-hmm. you're like, hey, time, cool, got it. Yeah, had well, um, to
1: repossess I'm, it because the guy yeah. showed <laughs> up. Oh my God. from Jeff. But uh-huh. I meant, you know,
3: yeah.
2: But you know, it, it, the last time I was out here, you know, we're spending some time out in California. We're doing some stuff out here. And Chuck asked me, just, you know, hey, can you give me a hand with this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. This is what I do. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Right? It's not a big deal. It's Mm -hmm. what I do. And if it was some sort of laborious effort or if I wasn't 100% sure what I was doing, and it wasn't a fish either, was it? No. No. But it was something within the taxidermist wheelhouse—some finish work, some epoxy work, some paint work, some—some some whatever work. Clean the eyeballs, fix it up, make it look good. You know, get it, get it out the In door. In this case, mm-hmm. we had to match a photo. That's right. That's of, right. Of That's thing, right. thing, and it was That's a right. particular,
1: what I call a jackpot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I said, I said, can you do your Rick Crane thing? And, <laughs> and he did. And yep. it didn't take him that long. Nah. And, uh and the guy was stunned. He said, "This is exactly what it looked like." Yeah.
2: Well, and that's part of the trade of our industry. That's kind of the the mis. I don't know the misstep. I guess when people say what's what's the most important thing in taxidermy, and maybe it's my eyes, but it's my ability to interpret reference. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the magic airbrush. It's not the magic knife sharpener. It's not the magic uh, sewing needle. It's it's no. It's it's your ability to look at information. Yeah. And that's that's comes with time. You don't know it on day one, and even after ten years, man, you're still learning. You're still learning. You'll still learn it. I heard about a model one time. I was reading a book on business when I when I fly around. I read a lot, and um, it said the fifty-one percent rule. When you start a job, you don't do your job. You learn your job, right? and then after a while you learn more about your job and then you start focusing on your systems once you hit that 49% where you're still learning but 51% of your time is you know focused on the effort that you're going to make once you cross that line and you're no longer learning heavy then you burn out mm-hmm. then you don't want to do it anymore right or you find reasons not to do it anymore you lose your hunger you lose your hunger the 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 craving to do more learn more get better Mm -hmm. when we all start it's it's nerve-wracking to set an eye right or it's nerve-wracking to hold the airbrush i mean i teach people how to paint for a living and i i watch them cramp up trying to you know push that little plunger down to make the paint come out and so I grab a plate usually and I'll just sit there and spray and I'll be looking. I won't even look at the plate, I'll talk to them and they'll watch paint drip off and I go, that is the worst thing that's ever gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Okay? So let's establish that. Okay, and then, then we'll we'll work backwards from there. You know, we'll just go there. And I know that you're a, a, a great chef and a cook and maybe you don't want to be called that, but but, but you are because I <laughs> well, have I, I have eaten your food. When you first started doing that, just as a comparison to taxidermy, you certainly didn't know everything out of day one. Oh no! You, the way I always look at everything I do
0: is, if I don't learn something that day, I failed. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. You can never be caught resting on your laurels. You got to be. Sure. You got to be leaning forward, leaning into the <laughs> leaning into the sure. punch, if you
2: will. I know your mentor, and you've had mentors, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Okay, and. Are they always the nicest people in the world telling you sugar and spice and everything nice? That's a no. <laughs> so,
1: so this, for this for those how, of us that can't this, see
2: us right now, that was a hard no. Well, I was hard saying no.
1: because th- I was trying to, I'm going to say this because it's true, right? He is so brutal mm. Mm. that I was doing something wrong and he hit me in the head. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and then i said you're not hitting this guy and he looks at that guy and goes well he's done
2: mm-hmm.
1: i you know mm-hmm. yep. you're not you know you're right. the progress I, has stopped in that chapter <laughs> yeah yeah you're uh, <laughs> i expect you know what i mean sure that's so, what no. i would
3: tell apprentices in the tattoo industry because over 15 years you teach a lot of people coming into the mm-hmm. shop and that's what you tell them hey see how i don't ride their ass they're already done i'm riding your ass because you got potential and it's how year, many years have you gotten on my ass about pulling my head out of my ass all apparently <laughs> to this minute yeah i know to this minute mm-hmm. you know although
1: i had some false hope when rick got you started doing the duck so i'll see what happens but
3: i'm not stopping bro well, well, we'll I, see. look in my eyes jeff
2: Chuck called here. the other day and and I said, "Stop talking." I said, "How many?" <laughs> yeah, oh, I said, "How many yeah. birds did you get done this week?" And he started talking again. Started I said, the, you the, haven't the answered my and question. That, and I got to go up and down and back and forth. And, and... I said, "Look, I'm not going to waste my time if you're not going to do anything." And you said something about being being hard about it i said i'll grind your bones to make my bread <laughs> but then i'm going to feed it to you and nourish you with it mm-hmm. okay so accept what's about to happen to you but it's going to happen mm-hmm. okay and you have and to at that it. point and he stayed up all night and mounted two more birds so well, you
1: see and that's the thing is is, is that mike it, he'll always tell you the truth and you might not but that's the thing and, and then you know it's a really funny part is it helped me get like way less sensitive you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah like, like what's the worst that's gonna happen is mike's gonna kick my ass right and that hurts so bad i don't think i'm gonna do whatever it was you know right but it, it kicked me in the shit you know what i mean sure and, and um kicking the teeth and um we've lost that too because everybody gets a rivet and then and then I don't know, and then I noticed that burnout too because these mm-hmm. couple of guys I was talking to at the show. I said, "You ever thought about doing something else now?" Huh? Because the hammer comes out. <laughs> because oh, well, no, well Joe Kish, he was the one that that, and one of the reasons that I that I didn't. Well, there's a bunch of reasons that I kind of backed out, but one was like once you get to the blue ribbon, now you've done that, goes, do something else right and the people don't I mean you know and they're going back and back and back and back and back forever and they're not getting you know so now you got enough wood to build a barn and enough ribbons to make curtains or whatever and then but you haven't really you know what I mean you're sure so now now I put a coyote on a rocket and now I'm doing some other stupid thing (laughs) Just for
2: fun, but you know what I mean. Do something else. But you're challenging yourself, right? You're pushing yourself to make it interesting for you. You know, I and like you said, fun for you know. There's
1: some stuff I want to do, just for me it's a journal for
3: you
2: sure yeah. because i want to do this and see this and that and mm-hmm. you know and i mean anybody can call themselves a taxidermist if that's what they're going to do i guess and and anybody can start in this industry or do whatever and i can swing a hammer i know how to read a tape measure i can do stuff but i got a great friend of mine he's a great carpenter and when he comes in and looks at my work and goes why do you bother you know why, <laughs> why do you do this and, and in another genre of my life people think that like i know everything about anything you know mm-hmm. So why isn't it all transferable? Well, it is, in a way, if you're willing to work hard enough at it and learn and, mm-hmm. and take the criticism and the critique and, you know, put your hand back in the fire once or twice. And, I mean, that's it. I mean, someone that professionally cooks... Have you ever burnt your hand? Yeah. Really? Seriously? I let <laughs> my beard on fire. Lit fire. Beard I my beard on fire. <laughs> okay. I was prospecting on the bread line. That's all they let me do uh-huh. toast the bread and stuff. So, so everybody has their own stuff, right? Everybody fire. makes their own mistakes, right? Everybody <laughs> has their own thing, no matter how long you've been doing something. And you still um, do it. You yeah. still do it. Because yeah, we're well, well, human. That, well, that's funny that you said that. I, I was sitting there and I said when's the last time I cut myself like this you know what and, and I'm like why did that happen well cuz I wasn't paying attention probably uh-huh. you know? it's like
3: when I burnt the tip of my pinky off with freaking hot glue I'm sitting there gluing something down went to set the damn gun down wasn't paying attention thing flopped over and I grabbed it and like peeled my skin off you yeah. know? well it's yeah. funny when you like in my
2: capacity when I'm teaching it's like my eyes are hyper focused yep. because I'm thinking liability all the time oh, right. I'm, I'm thinking that. a different you know line item on, on our yearly budget right you know yep. we have to pay for commercial insurance and all mm-hmm. this other stuff and you know that's the thing but when you and i are working we're in kind of like cruise control yeah. you know we're, yeah. we're going through the motions you know about what we do but they're skilled motions they're they're experienced motions but it still doesn't mean if you're not paying attention it's going to be perfect right yeah. you still have to pay attention you yep. still have to go through you got to make the effort you can't dial in and tax it every uh, and then I, when, when i said that to but i didn't mean to go do another job
1: i just meant to do Something, something else in taxidermy, you different
3: know? within the realm of taxidermy. Put together
1: an armature. Well, how do you do that? Well, you know, yeah,
3: learn how to carve or paint a master, carver, Peter Peter rock,
1: rock or, or do something. something. yeah. And then and then now I found out you don't even have to be a master to enter the master. So mm-hmm. that that was weird because they go, well,
2: didn't you just say you're ma- now you are because you say you are. Sure. Well, you I, know? I, the first show I ever competed at. I had gone to several shows with richard Cristoforo for for a few years before uh-huh. so in eighty two i guess it was eighty two I went to the Connecticut show, and a gentleman Peter Wilson was judging and you know Peter you know worked at the um, Peabody Museum, which was yale university 's natural history museum and so here's here's me johnny come lately right i'm just some guy there to win a ribbon you know for the prize hog at the 4-h fair no disrespect to the prize hog people right uh-huh. but the reality is what am i doing right I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about it and go to a show because that's what i've seen other people do and i figured well i i know a bunch of stuff about fish and i know a bunch of stuff and So when I got there, the first thing they said, are you an amateur or professional? Because they didn't have master's then, right? It was just amateur and professional. They used to line everybody's stuff up. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, they said, do you do it for a living? I said, no. And they said, okay, amateur. Bang, there there it is. So got that out of the way. And then the deal was is that after the judges were done and you saw a seminar or two and the next day came around, you had to ask for a critique. That's what you had to do. And I said, hey, Mr. Wilson, uh, you know, I'm Ricky Crane, and, you know, can I get my critique? And he said, young man, that is the worst fish I have ever seen in a taxidermy competition. I got a third, mind you, okay? He says, clearly you have no ability. <laughs> Cle- clearly <laughs> this is overwhelming to you. He said, what do you do? And And I was frozen in time. I couldn't even move. I don't even know if I was breathing at the moment. And... I remember Richard saying to me, Richard Cristoforo, you know, you got to ask for your critique. So I said, can I have my critique? He says, what do you think I'm giving you? <laughs> and he said, why don't you learn how to set your eyes so I know it's not a squirrel or a gopher or something? And then he walked away. And I went outside and I threw up in the parking lot. True story. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, wow, geez, how can I go back up to the hatchery? Because at the time I was working for the state. And I said, you know, how can I tell these guys I only took a third? What I didn't know at the time, they didn't have to give out a first place ribbon. But they had to give out the second and the third. Wow. And I was one of two people in the amateur division. So I basically got a booby prize. That's wow. what I got, right? So I don't know if it was a month or two months later, New York. I bring different, because back then you couldn't bring the same piece to 800 shows. You had, you had to do different stuff where the guys that did this for a living, they got on you. You know, uh-huh, big time. Uh-huh. What, you only know how to do one thing? Is that is that all you yeah, do? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So a uh, very, very, very nice gentleman I became friends with later, uh, Ron Reynolds from Canada. He gave me another third place. But his critique was really nice. He says, oh, nice job, kid. Keep keep up the good work. And I went, Phew. well, that was great. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh-huh. But Peter Wilson was there doing a seminar. And I figured, well, this is my only chance to see if I've done any better because he's the only one that's ever seen my work. I said, Mr. Wilson, do you remember me? And he said, I have no idea who you are. And I said, well, I was at Connecticut. And I said, can you look at my work? And you're the only one that's ever seen my work. And he looked at it. And he said, young man, this is the worst fish I have ever seen at a taxidermy competition. Clearly, you have no ability. It was like hitting play on a tape recorder, yeah. you know? Tape recorder, right? See, so now I'm showing my age, <laughs> right? It, uh, I was sitting there thinking to myself, all the aspirations I ever had in my life you know from from a child right I, I wanted to be a taxidermist you know I, I, a fish the sunapee trout had gone extinct and i and i couldn't see it anymore so i want to learn how to mount these things right and i'm sitting there thinking to myself it's over for me it's done it's over right i, I can't do this i have no ability i have no talent it's overwhelming mm-hmm. and when he was walking away he turned around and he looked back and he says nice eye set though okay And then it's like, well, I got goosebumps now. (laughs) It's like the heavens opened. And and it was like, ah, oh, I went to college. I remember this. (laughs) This is how they do you, right? Because who were we, right? Mm -hmm. Johnny come lately. Some professional taxidermist that worked in a museum that had to clean toilets, build boxes, go get coffee, do whatever they were told to do just to get one little grain of information from the master taxidermist. Yeah. Now they're in that position. They're asked and paid probably nothing back then, probably did it to volunteer, to give out ribbons to people like me, Mm -hmm. right? That was their gig, right? So why would they be nice to you? So I become a judge in 89, and I think Tony Gilliard was president of the NTA in 92, 93. He sent out videos to us on how to be kinder, nicer judges. Instead of saying this, say that. Instead of saying this, say that. And I thought to myself, well, nobody said any nice thing to me, uh-huh. you know, for the first, uh, you know, eight years. But you know something? At the end of the day, if you want this to be your thing, then it doesn't matter what anybody says to you. Mm-hmm. You're just going to keep working at it. You're going to have that drive. You're going to have that that fire in your belly to keep doing it. And even at this point now, I know people find this amazing. Man, every single day, I'm trying to learn something, mm-hmm. and. Joe Meter, and we all kind of know Joe in our industry, and, and Joe was a mentor to me as well. And um, I just saw Joe earlier at the Nationals this year. He came to see me when I wasn't feeling too good and came to look at the show. And we were talking, and I reminded him of something he said to me. I was talking to a competitor one day, and he was just overhearing me. He was listening to what I was saying. And I said to the person, I said, when a person goes to the world show, they're not there to learn. They're there to win. Okay, it's not about learning anymore. They're there to win. And Joe said, "If I can go to a show like that, and if I can walk out of there with one thing more than I knew, he said it's better than the ribbon." Okay, that's why he's a winner, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not the one goal; it's the big picture. Right? Yeah, that's what absolutely. It
3: is. Wow. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember my first competition. I was nervous as shit because. I never competed and I didn't want to. Chuck said, No, you're gonna learn and you're gonna get better. So you're gonna do it. Went, All right. And then he calls me and goes, Rick Crane's gonna be your judge, and I absolutely fucking fell apart. <laughs> Just the stress was too much to ignore. And um you know, I gave it my best shot, but I learned a lot. Hmm. And I got to meet you for the first time. Yeah. You yeah. know, so Look at you gonna- now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a ugly. My my foot.
1: <laughs> well, your buddy uh, that got you started, the first thing he said when he called me is he said, So, how's your backlog or something? And I'm like, What? He goes, Well, how far behind are you? And I'm like, uh, I don't understand the question. What do you mean? He goes, Well, you know, are you. I go, Oh, no, I'm done or so. I don't think he believed, honest to God, I don't yeah. think he believed me but I was you know it's I said, foreign no. concept yeah I know. said I said we don't get laughed I mean that's
2: sure like our rule sure. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but you teach your customers that when they bring you work whatever the price is look what's the most valuable commodity in the world what what what, what is it it's time right it's the mm-hmm. most valuable thing in the world what would you give to have it back or to be with a loved one for five more minutes or whatever the deal is these folks that won the lottery and they caught a 10-pound largemouth or they, they won the lottery and they, with all their excellent skills shot the biggest sheep they've ever shot in their life or the biggest mountain lion they've ever shot in their life, they want that back as fast as they can, mm-hmm. right? And And they want it so they can talk to their friends about it and yeah. show it to other people. So we do have value, right? We bring mm-hmm. some kind of value to the table. But if you're... If you're not a professional business like your shop here is, and if you're not turning your work out, you're not fulfilling that piece of what their experience is. And you won't stay in business very long, Mm -hmm. I don't think.
3: You've both told me that you can be a great taxidermist, but if you don't know shit about business, you're going to be out of a job And if you don't
1: produce, I mean, the bottom line is they don't care if you can see the brains through the nose. Mm
3: -hmm. They They want
1: it back, you know. They don't care if it's got a... Nictating membrane, or a chronicle no. gland, or uh, you know, for the best anus, like Sonny got the award for. So <laughs> they just want their stuff back, you know. But uh,
2: anyway, I think we' about time to wrap it yeah, up. Yeah. I'm, I'm hungry. Yep. What a what a! I, I think there's so much. Really cool information that yeah. just got shared here. Oh, no, yeah. for sure. But I can get to here for, for another two hours. hours. <laughs> this was exciting for me. <laughs> yeah. Holy We're well, grateful <laughs> that
1: you came up and, and, and did one with us again. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's Yeah, we'll uh, have to leave it as a to be continued.
2: Yeah, to, to, be, to continue. be continued. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> you know?
3: Oh, 100%. Yeah.
0: Well, well, all right. So. Thanks What an episode, huh? Yeah, great episode. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Be sure to find us everywhere you look for podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, and YouTube, and maybe others coming, we'll see. Uh, Look for us on social media, at ButcherShopTaxidermy, at Ojai underscore Valley underscore Taxidermy. I did it right this
1: time, right? That's right. And then Rick tell us about where they can find you oh uh
2: usually somewhere at an airport <laughs> <That's it. laughs> oh, this guy. uh so anglo's artistry and the academy of wildlife art we're now a licensed accredited full-fledged school we're going to do some different things do some wow. lecture models awesome but um yeah yeah good times okay so they can
1: find you any you know sure. i tag you on uh, that insta thing now Yeah,
2: you know. Yeah, know dot com, and we'll go and then there. Jeff, you can
1: find at the duck, the duck club. Or, <laughs> yeah,
3: no, actually, I haven't been hunting, Chuck. Or, I've been uh, in the fucking shop. Bro. You find work, me in the or shop.
1: allegedly working, or just look for a guy with a boot stuck up his ass. <laughs>
3: That would be Jeff. Absolutely. <laughs> I
1: fart athlete's foot. <laughs> fin and feather taxidermy. I just yet. want to verify yeah, that's
2: why Chuck doesn't wear shoes, right? Is that, is that He's the lost reason so many. He doesn't want, want to buy okay, anymore. Right. I, just, I well, ran I,
3: out. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at duck underscore vader on Instagram. No, that's you, what it is, yeah. You can uh, search me on Facebook under Jeff Davis in Port Wyneme. Mm. Or like Chuck said, you can find me allegedly working. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. boys, thanks so much. Thank, thank you. I oh, really well, thank enjoyed it. It's our it was pleasure, great. man.
3: What an amazing. We'll, we'll,
2: amazing
1: we'll see um, after All right. Christmas it, or yeah. something, or when I don't know when this airs next
0: Tuesday or. Yep, this I'll edit this. I'll edit this Monday, and it will go out Monday night at or well, Tuesday at midnight. I guess. All right. Wow.
2: wow. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, thanks We're everybody. we Patty Mills, yeah, man. Go get oh it. yeah. Onion <laughs>
0: ring. Thanks <for> everybody. <laughs> Have a Run, good one. Get you some. No, don't do that.